Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Also, you can watch us on the Simulcast Stadium. 32.3 32.3 and 133 LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. On this glorious Friday morning, it seems I've, I don't know if y'all noticed it, but lately every time I have anything resembling a meltdown with the Astros and frustration, they respond. I don't know why it takes that. But, um, you know, whether I get on Bregman or whoever, I get on him enough and Scream and holler, pitch a fit, and then they respond. I Why can't we just be calm and rational and still get it done? I don't know. But we'll see how uh, they do. I, I, I said I had a little four-game mini project for the Astros offense. Let's see, facing some of the worst pitching, starting pitching in baseball. Uh, although, I don't know if Irv, Irvin's actually still there. In Oakland, and he's pretty good. He, he he's not a great pitcher, but he's a pretty good pitcher. Um, could could they average five runs at home against below average starting pitching over a four game stretch to end this little home stand? Well, they got off to a good start. They put up seven yesterday. Um, and again, uh, it, it, if they score like ten or twelve in one of these games, which I don't know this offense can do that but if if they would the max max eight i don't play that add-on game all that that's just awful um that just you know means nothing it's only one win so um well i say it means nothing it means nothing good there's only bad that can come out of it but um and so off to a good start got seven in the first game framber is up to 19. Man, I, I was really hoping. This game he pitched, you know, he walked the first batter, didn't walk another batter, pitched very well. Two starts ago, though, he was right on the verge of his streak quality start. And again, sometimes we throw out these terms quality starts and we don't explain what they are. Quality start is technically you have to go at least six innings. If you go five innings and you give up no runs, not a quality start. Mm, that's just the rules. So a quality start is you got to go six innings and give up no more than three runs. Um, I like the fact that you got, you know, this, you know, I'm not a, I, I struggle with six inning pitchers, much less five inning pitchers. Not, not, not a big fan of five inning pitchers starting pitchers. So um, I, I I like the fact that you got to stay in the game at least a fair amount, at least six innings to get a quality start. And you say, well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, it means a little bit. I mean, put it this way. Framber has, has now, after yesterday, has 19 consecutive quality starts. It's the longest running streak in Major League Baseball. The guy who's going to win to Cy Young 
It's all that people want to talk about, Cy Young. And look, I'm ecstatic with what Justin Verlander's done this year. But Justin Verlander, in his last 10 starts, twice didn't have a quality start. So he's twice not done it in his last, what, nine or 10 starts because he had seven in a row. And so, like, in the last nine starts, he's twice hasn't done it. So it's not like it's just this easy thing to do. Sometimes you get lit. And the impressive thing from Framber's standpoint is at least twice, if not three times in this 19 games, he's given up three runs by the end of the first or second inning and just put up zeros after that to con- to continue it. So it seems important to him. So I don't know. I, I you know me. I, I don't like breaking history. I don't. I don't. I like. I don't like when the Piper looks at the Astros. The Piper needs to stay in Southern California and focus on the punks. That's who he needs to be focusing on. That's who he needs to be angry with. I don't want to mess with the Piper at all. So I don't want to set history. I'm pretty sure, like, Mike Scott has the all-time Astro record, and he's like one or two away. So we'll see how that plays. The bottom line is they scored seven runs. They got to win. They now have the best record in the American League, a half a game over the Angels. Well, you know, we'll just kind of tug that away in the back of your mind and and see what happens. Now they have the humongous chore of trying to see if they have any chance at all of defeating the mighty Oakland A's, which they have had a tough time doing in recent series against Oakland. So hopefully they can figure out how to beat the A's. The A's did not trade Murphy. I was hoping they would. They did not. Uh, so you still got to get Murphy out. Tony Kemp absolutely owned them in the last series of all people. So we'll see how, how the Astros do there. All right. Um, other than that, it was a pretty nondescript day in Major League Baseball. There were two NFL preseason games last night. I did not see any of it, but I did watch a few highlights and hear a few comments and if anybody did watch anything and anything stuck out to you, please um, certainly feel free to call. We encourage that. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Now, um, Malik Willis did very well. And it's a preseason game. So we'll see how that plays out. It's so hard to judge preseason game. I had a friend texted me last night. He was a Giants fan. He's like, "I like this. I like this. I like this." But I'm trying to keep, keep you know, remind myself that it's a, it, it, it's a preseason game. I, when the like the Saints are scheduled to play tomorrow at seven o'clock against the Texans, and I kind of have fun in preseason games, other than. The part in preseason games I like is the second half. You, I can just have fun because by that time, all the starters are out for the most part, especially in a first preseason game. So I don't have to hold my breath every time, you know, 41 or 13 or somebody who I, I, I think could be a big part of the team carries the ball. So that, that mental torture part is over. What I like, and I've said this many times, I think the fun the fun part of preseason is I always hope that the Saints are down by like 
three points, four points, seven points going into the last quarter. And you try to come back. That's fun. You know, again, it's just a game. It, it, it really means nothing at that point. You just It's just kind of fun. And so I, uh, I, I actually don't mind the second half of preseason games because there's no pressure. The first half of some of these preseason games, there's so much pressure because every time a starter gets the ball or is anywhere near getting hit, you just got to – I just cringe. Just cringe. Once you get to the regular season, you don't worry about it as much because if you get hurt in a regular season game, you, it's, it's awful. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, we don't want to – what are you saving him for? But if you get hurt in a preseason game, you're just kicking yourself all season long. So there's so much more pressure that goes – into watching when starters play in a preseason game. And every time somebody's down, you're like, oh, no. Um, we've talked about this before, and, and, and I got to tell you, I don't know that I totally get it, but it is. The Ravens won again last night. And again, for 99% of us, preseason football means absolutely nothing. I get that. I get that perception. I've been there. But... They've won 21 preseason games in a row, the Ravens. That just that just doesn't even hardly sound possible. I guess, you know, I, again, I, I remember this last year and the year before, and I remember thinking, I, I try to wrap my mind around that. Like, I guess on one hand, if it matters to them more than others, then, you know, that gives them a little upper, a better chance of winning. But it's not like they're playing their starters that much more than everybody else. It could mean that it could be an indication that they typically have good depth. In other words, the 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 undrafted free agent guys they sign, the new guys they sign are better than most people. I mean, I don't even know how to really that's it, it that's while on one hand preseason games mean nothing. With all the players that you play and all the things, all the chances for something to go wrong with a bunch of players that play in second house of preseason games that won't even be on your roster when the regular season gets there, it is really amazing that they've won 21 in a row. <laughs> to me, that that's crazy. So they got two more this year. We'll see if they can get to 23. Seem like the Saints have a couple of those are the Saints. One of those, I guess that would have been in that run. It was about four or five years ago. They they lost to the Ravens in a preseason game, and they were impressed with this young backup kicker named Will Lutz. Doesn't know how to spell his name. Went to Georgia State. And um, by the way, we haven't talked much about Will Lutz. He was out all last year with an injury, and he was severely missed. All I haven't heard a lot of reports from camp, but the one or two reports about Will Lutz that I have read from camp were good, that he looks like he looked before his injury, and he's kicking stuff right down the middle, and that's what you need. I mean, again, 
people all over the area, the region are going to be saying today, what are they looking forward to seeing in a Saints game? One of the top five things I'm looking forward to is seeing Will Lutz kick the ball through the big H. As they say, what the oblong ball through the big H. That's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. That's very important. Very important. Remember, I, I firmly believe, and I think a lot of y'all would agree, it with all the injuries the Saints had last year, which were a lot, or you know, statistically the most in the history of the franchise. If they just had Will Lutz, they'd have won eleven games. Maybe twelve. But they I think they don't want at least eleven games last year. Just having Will Lutz, even with playing four quarterbacks and not having offensive linemen and not having coaches and all that stuff that went wrong last year. It was horrible. It was a nightmare. If they just had Will Lutz, they'd have won at least eleven games. I believe that. Cause there were th- two Maybe three, but definitely two games. If they just had a reasonable a kicker of Will Lutz's caliber, they win the game. Oh, man. Think about that. And some of these Nimrods want me to break the whole roster down, throw it in the river, and start over. That's what they're telling me. Because, you know, you don't have your quarterback, you don't have your coach to quitter. And so you, you might as well just shut your franchise down. That's what I'm being told. That's what these people tell me. I was a kicker away from double-digit wins last year. A kicker. And, uh, no, absolutely one of the five things I'm looking forward to is seeing Will Lutz. And, again, that's something else. How many people, how many people, seriously, of all, if you watch any of the national shows, any or listen or watch any local show programming, how many people when they're talking about oh a team's going to be this or that even bring up special teams? How many of them even bring it up ever? They talk about the offense and the defense. Well, mostly they talk about the quarterback. You know, the quarterback. This quarterback. You know, once he gets the. R on his game of horse, then he goes behind the goal and throws it backwards over the goal. You know, that that that's their analysis of the NFL comparing the quarterbacks. But 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 even of those who get beyond the quarterback, um, you know, they talk about offense, they never talk about special teams. One of the the most underpublicized secrets behind all the winning that the Patriots have done the last two decades is how good they've been on special teams. Forcing turnovers and special teams. Now, I believe the Saints defense is going to be really good this year if it stays healthy. That doesn't mean they're going to force a lot of turnovers. You just We've seen it before. The, the Saints have had years where they've had really good defenses, didn't force turnovers, and they've had years where they've had really good defense, forced a lot of turnovers. They... They won the Super Bowl because they forced turnovers. Now, they've had better defenses after that, but they didn't force the turnovers that they forced when the um, when the mountain lion was eating antelope during the Super Bowl year. I mean, I mean, maybe that's what they need to do to bring out the old crack out the old mountain lion eating antelope video before this season, and 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 maybe uh, maybe they can force some turnovers. 
Hopefully, Tyron Matthew will be the secret to that. But forcing turnovers and special teams, huge part of winning in this league. Huge part of winning this league. And Saints have as good a punter as you can have, judging from the his rookie season. And, you know, I don't know if he's the big, you know, I'm not saying he's necessarily Justin Tucker. He's not. But, you know, combination of coverage teams, kicker and punter, I think they have an excellent chance of being top five, if not the best special teams unit in the NFL this year. Um, And no one talks about it, but it helps win games, period. It just does. So they can force their fair share of turnovers, play great special teams. They're going to win a lot of games. No one even talks about it. All right, we'll take a timeout. Again, any discussions you have on preseason games, what you're looking forward to tomorrow uh, in the Saints' first preseason game against the Texans, feel free. We'll be mostly two hours of open phone lines, except for about an hour from now. We're going to have a special treat. I'm going to get to talk to um, Cajun punter Reese Burns. Looking forward to that. He's he, he's a lot of fun to talk to. We're going to be doing that in about an hour. Other than that, open phone lines. We'll do continue the, today's show on this glorious Friday after this timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the footlish dictionary. Old tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college, where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. Houston Astros, you can hear the Astros versus those mighty Oakland A's who suddenly the Astros can't find a way to beat. I mean, how in the world do you get Tony Kemp out? I don't know how you do it, but hopefully the Astros can figure out how to do it, and you can hear all that action right here tonight, 7-10. First pitch from Minute Maid Park right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Also, on August the 27th, a couple weekends from now, Astros will be playing the Orioles. And if you would like to win four tickets to that game, hotel accommodations, and a tour at Minute Maid Park, simply need to join the clubhouse, the game clubhouse, and you might win Astro Weekend Getaway, powered by Butcher Air Condition and La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game 1037 Lafayette 1041. Lake Charles. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kev. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. How are you, sir? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Looking forward to tomorrow night, as always. And and uh, you know, I'm like you. I, although I think in recent years I've noticed a trend of, of of starters playing you know less and less in these preseason games. I mean, it used to be kind of traditional to you know uh, start off with one quarter and and then kind of work down from there and then the set the last game kind of go you know with um with just scrubs but um but you know i i did know well so just a few games i've watched so far it seems like 
starters are playing less. So I think, you know, you just have so many more OTAs, uh, team practices, uh, uh, inner squad, I mean, uh, you know, scrimmaging other teams. You have a lot more chances to evaluate your talent than you used to. So hopefully, now there are some positions you just can't. Look, we, we only have line, five linebackers on the roster, you, you know. I hope the Mario Davis doesn't play in preseason, and Pete Warner's not because he's hurt. But um, uh, you got to play somebody at some point, you know. Um, but I always worry about injuries, and and, and it, look, it can happen in practice. I know that, but you know, it's a lot more likely to happen in a in a game setting. But I just wanted to mention, I'm so glad you brought up special teams because you, you're right. I mean, it it goes on. And look, a guy like J.T. Gray probably would never play significantly in the NFL if it wouldn't be for his proudness on special teams, but he is unbelievable, you know, on special teams. And and I think that's a, one thing the Saints have really done a, a much better job in the last, um, you know, I'd say five years anyway, paying attention. And I think they even draft with that in mind sometimes when, they, when they're picking, you know, uh, safeties, linebackers, their ability to, to play special teams. So, because, um, look, I'm like you. And, Kevin, look, remember last year, not only missed field goals, but how many extra points did we miss last year? Oh, I, I, it's, it was sickening. It was a lot. Plus, and, and it just affects your – Yes, it affects your play calling when you when you know you exactly. can't make a field goal. Exactly. Then you're going for it when you really shouldn't. You're going for two because you missed <clears> the extra point the, first, the other time. It's awful. It, it's it was, and when I I still have nightmares of that Rojas guy trotting out on the field. Lord have mercy. Oh. Um, but it's but you know, look if, if let's say now we don't have a back another kicker on the roster, right? So he's going to kick the whole preseason. I don't even know that for sure. I, I don't know that I'd want him kick all of it, but I just want to see him kick one, you know, through the upright. Yeah, side. no, I, I but I don't think we have any others. Um, uh, I think because we had two punters at the beginning. And they were high on that kid wheeling, actually, but they cut yes. him very early in camp. Um, so we just—I know we just have Gillikin for sure uh, on the roster for a punter, and, and I, I don't think—I mean, I haven't heard. No, any I mean, you could be right. I, I just—you could be right. And so far in preseason, uh, they've been keeping tab. I've been reading, you know, and, and Blutz missed one field goal. It was a fifty-six yarder, but otherwise he's been perfect uh, in, in all his attempts, and including, you know. Quite a, quite a few over fifty five. So, um, yeah, big 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 factor there. So, yeah, I mean, really, you know, Kev, the only the only I'm even feeling better by tight end because I'm reading so many things that you know positive things about Adam Troutman finally. But I'm worried about linebacker depth. That that does have me. And I know we only play two linebackers most of the time, but man, we we could we could use some, you know. A little more depth right there, but um, well, but it's time for it's time for Zach Bond. I mean, I know they kind of there's some square peg round hole stuff there, but I mean, it's time for him to make the adjustment. This is his third year, and so you know, I, I, know. I, I still think he's an NFL football player. You know, they got a couple. You know, Ellis has been okay. You know, especially for what a six, seven round pick. So I, yeah, I'm six, not yeah. really that worried but it, i get that it's an issue yeah yeah i don't know if you know i'm, I'm just worried look werner is a i think a, a, an outstanding young prospect and i'm so tired of hearing about you know i'm reading all these oh man we should have resigned Quan. well look they, he wanted to go to the jets they offered him 
you know, they offered him at least as much money, but he chose the Jets because he, he really, the, the, he said it was because a chance to be reunited with his old coach, you know, uh, more than anything. Uh, but you can't make some, you know, you can't lead the horse to, to drink. You can bring to, you offered him a contract. He didn't take it. All right. So we got to move on from that. Um, but I, I will say this much too, Kevin. I do think we're going to see more turnovers this year because I, I just have a feeling that the mentality of the players is, is a little more aggressive. You know, we, we went through that time when we had Tracy Porter who would jump routes and look, he might get burnt, but he, you know, he made some huge interceptions. And of course, Darren Sharper, I hate to even bring up his name, but, um, but he was a ball hawk back there. I, I, I think in Matthew, you've got that. And I do think that Debo and, and, Bradley Roby's had five picks in, in camp already. Um, so that could be a guy with a much increased role this year on defense. So it, it's going to be fun. I, I'm telling you, I, I think it's, I think we're going to shock a lot of people. And uh, I think we might finally send Tom Brady into retirement after this year. I hope you're right. Uh, thank you for the have call, Ralph. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. I sat at the time, and I haven't heard anyone else even say this, one of the most exciting significant, in my opinion, moments of the entire offseason is when they re-signed Bradley Roby. And, and, it, and it was that Bradley Roby is going to be back on the team. It just shows you the kind of depth. On 90% of Saints teams, Bradley Roby would be the starter. On well over 50% of them, he'd have been the best cornerback on this te- on the team. He's like fourth. <laughs> The best roster the Saints have ever had. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, sir. Uh, I know that the previous caller was tired of talking about Quan, but, like, the one thing that, like, it perplexes me this the, the whole offseason, what's the rush to start Pete Warner? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the reason he left. Was well, he, he was just really he was just he he was really good last year and but like and Quan is always hurt that. and Quan is always hurt. He's always hurt. Well, I, I get that, but like why couldn't they why couldn't it be the same last year? You know I, I was looking at it. They had almost equal time on the field. Like they they played I think I read 35% of the snaps both of them. So what what <laughs> What hurts not like keeping it the same? Well, you know? I think it's 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 then it it's you know I'm sure Quan wants a certain salary and a certain opportunity to start and and obviously apparently anyway the Saints weren't going to give him those two things maybe the salary he wanted and the opportunity to start that he wanted. Yeah. I mean, look, I, we all so, like, would love to have him, but I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to well, be like, that worried about Pete the backup. Warner, right, he has a groin injury. Yeah. So no telling when he's going to come back. You know, those things linger, dude. You know. I don't know. And then we're going to start Zach Bond. Well, I still, I still think Zach Bond has a chance to be a decent backup linebacker. I, I haven't given up on him either. Although I get that he's been disappointing so far. I, I don't know. I, I just I, I think there's times we don't even play but one linebacker on the field. I'm just not that worried about the depth at linebacker as many others are. Uh, it's I don't know. I, I would just that and not signing Daryl Williams. Um, well, I would have loved to like sign Daryl Williams. That, that just I don't understand why. You know, 
Now, I get the the Quan Alexander thing you want a chance to start or whatever, but like, come on now, you could have signed Daryl Woods. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm excited for Saturday, man. Just to kind of see, we've been talking about it, you know. Oh, yeah, it's to just see like Olave on the field. That'd man. be awesome. Yeah, if man, he catches a ball, catches. oh man, it, it, you know, it'll. That's just fun. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. It, you know, just to see it in a game after daydreaming about what it could look like, it's just fun. I mean, and and I understand the game doesn't mean anything. Still fun, yes. Yeah, that's it's. I just want to see him out on the field, and because we've been hearing about all training camp, how they looked, how good the defense looked, defensive backfield looked, how good the wide receivers looked. I, just to see, uh, is, is Michael Thomas playing? Oh, I sure hope not. I mean, he might just because he hadn't played in so long. But I, I, I look after what we've been through with him the last two years. I, I, I let him play the second game for a little while, and that that that'd be it for me. I I, I really hope he doesn't play. Yeah. All right, Kevin. All, All right. right. Thanks for the Can't call. Wait to see something. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Look, I get David's concern, just like Ralph. I mean, I, I just. You know, most of the people who are covering the Saints, when they talk about one of their biggest question marks, they're talking about backup linebacker. I, I, I get it. it. It It is one of the bigger question marks. But if it's in the top two or three question marks, who your backup linebacker is, what does that say? <laughs> Think about it. What does that say Um, about the overall roster? So... Look, if they get injuries <clears throat> during the season and they don't have linebackers, I mean, David's going to call and he'll be right. I mean, I told you. I, I, I get it. I, I just, my mind, my, you know, after the last two seasons of bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news, I just can't allow myself to get that worried about the backup quarterback or whether Kawan Baker is suspended, who wasn't going to make the team, or, you know, whoever, whatever other backup is not going to make the team because they were hurt, Smoke Monday. You know, I'm not ecstatic that Smoke Monday and Bryce Thompson are both hurt, but, again, I, 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 just, I just can't panic about backups. It's just bit, I'm trying to stay – positive I'm trying to convince myself that the Saints are due for good breaks this year after the last well I say two years but really three or four years no they haven't had many breaks and so a lot of black bad crazy fluky stuff and so and that's why I panicked about this stupid, this announcement that they're going to enforce and, and, and have a proliferation of illegal contact because all that allows is for the, the referees, the officials, the rule book to get in a way and cost you games. It's like, man, we finally got everything in order and now they want to throw the officials in my face again. And the rule, stupid rule book and change in my face again. So that, that better not cost the Saints. Anyway, we'll take a timeout, come back talk more to you set up uh, a I guess you could say it's a football weekend the Saints are going to play colleges are going to scrimmage 
kind of, sort of, maybe a football weekend. We'll be back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. August 12, 1994, members of the Major League Baseball Players Association go on strike. The strike leads to only the second cancellation of the World Series, the other taking place in 1904. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the Arneville Volunteer Fire Department hosting its Black Pot Cook-Off on Saturday, September the 10th. The cooking begins at 8 a.m. The eating starts at noon at the Flower Auditorium in Arneville. There will be all kind of live music including Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco, Dustin Saunier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit ornavillefire.org. Ornavillefire.org. All right. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111, as we going to have a lot more preseason games to look at. And again, I... Did not watch a play last night. I'm, I I didn't determine to. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I will endeavor certainly to watch as many plays as I can, if not all of them, of the Saints game, and we'll see what happens in any other news. I don't know of any big injuries. I did see some highlights where Daniel Jones got hit pretty hard a couple times. That'll make you cringe. Of course, there's probably some Giants fans, a decent amount of them out there, that probably would, wouldn't mind if Daniel Jones got hurt because they've already made up their mind on him. So we'll see how, how that plays out. Um, we talk a lot. We use the term fool's go a lot when it comes to preseason games. And we'll see in the Malik Willis situation whether or not, there, you know, how much fool's goal there is there. But uh, he certainly looked good, athletic. You know, he certainly looked athletic. Uh, he had some creative passes, so <clears throat> I'm sure there are more than a few Titans fans who were like, "We appreciate what Tannehill's done, but he's not tremendous. We don't feel like we feel like he's already hit his ceiling." And. Um, Maybe this guy could be the future. So no, that 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 makes it fun. And if you know, if you if you have Ian Book as one of your backup quarterbacks, well, that's not very fun. And speaking of that, how are the Saints? Like, you don't really want Andy Dalton, someone who's that old, playing. I'll, I'll, I guess he could play the first half. Is that? Are they going to play Andy Dalton the first half and Ian Book the second half? I mean, they picked up this cat Castello during the week, but, I mean, is he going to be ready to play the game? Maybe they'll throw him at the end, in in the fourth quarter some. Speaking of the fourth quarter and, 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 and preseason games, 
You know, Burks, the, the tight end from the Titans from Arkansas, he was one of the wide receivers that some people had the Saints picking or some people had ranked in the top five. And, and, and I remember when we were analyzing the draft, you know, I remember saying, you know, I'm really not that high on it. And and it was hard to explain. I just read his bio and his strengths and his weaknesses. And I just did not get the feeling that he matched up with what the Saints wanted. And um, he played in he, – he didn't play until the fourth quarter. Now, he has had some injury concerns – but that doesn't sound good. If you draft a receiver in the first round and he doesn't get into the first preseason game until the fourth quarter, Racing McMath essentially was a backup receiver at, L- at LSU. He was star- He started and actually made a big, yeah, like a 40 or 50-something yard catch. So that is, you know, if I'm a Titan fan, I'm like, can you imagine Saints drafted Wes Chandler in the first round? Can you imagine if he doesn't play until the fourth quarter? So he's like, I don't know what, your sixth or so running wide receiver that enters the game in the first preseason game? That's kind of that. I don't know. It doesn't. Doesn't mean he can't be good, but it doesn't sound good. And again, he's had some injury issues, but also they say he's just kind of not picking it up either. Not good. So I didn't want Burks. Certainly glad they got Wes Chandler, who, by the way, is uh, Chris Olave. I just, man, he's just so smooth and deep and so many similarities in my mind between him and West Chandler, and I don't know if he'll be as good as West Chandler. I hope he's as good as West Chandler uh, was, um, but um, it's just fun to imagine it. So, you know, you got to have some fun. Some of these nicknames are biting, and some of them are in kind of on the encouraging side, and some of them are just for fun. And that ball wouldn't it be fun if? If after his first season we're we're um, comparing Alave, those of us who are old, for those of you who are young and you and you have no idea who this cat West Chandler was, West Chandler was a first round pick out of Florida for the Saints. Played a couple years, had some really fantastic games, and then um, was traded with Chuck Muncie to the um, San Diego Chargers, and they became big big parts of the whole Air Coryell and a lot of the great offensive exploits that the Chargers did in the early 80s. But but he was he was on the smaller side, but he was smooth and fast, and, man, he was good. But anyway, very talented. Uh, arguably the most talented wide receiver the Saints have ever had, certainly before Plastic Man got there. I think most people would, would say that, so we'll see what Alave does. But, no, you know, in terms of going looking back at the draft, and we talked a lot about wide receivers at the draft, Remember, we talked about Watson. He's been hurt. We talked about Burks. He's been kind of nicked, and now he's not playing until the fourth 
quarter of a first preseason game as the first-round draft pick. Also speaking about wide receivers, Pickens was a guy from Georgia that a lot of us, you know, that we certainly discussed. We didn't discuss a lot, but we certainly discussed it. And he was one of those in that second group with Watson and um, uh, what's his name? Sky Moore that went to the uh, to the Chiefs. He was in that second group, and they are raving about him in Pittsburgh Steeler camp. George Pickens. So, <clears throat> you know, it's crazy how this whole, you you, you know, you, you rank all these draft analysts rank this guy way above this other guy. And guys like Pickens, some people didn't even have in the top 10 of their wide receiver rankings. And he could turn out to be a star. He's already just flashing big time in camp. <clears throat> and then you got other guys who almost everyone had him ranked in the top five or six who might end up doing nothing. That's just that's just the uh, the whole frustration and inexact science part of the NFL draft. Let's just hope the Saints got um, their two first-round picks right, Kyle Turley and Wes Chandler. We certainly hope so. All right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll come back after this timeout, finish out the first hour. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, that um, if you have not joined the Game Clubhouse, you need to do so today. You could win all kind of great prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen or a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill. So if you have not joined the Game Clubhouse, all kind of great prizes you're not eligible for. So make take care of that and join today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, again, except for interviewing UL punter Reese Burns, and at about 10.15, we're going to have open phone lines in the second hour. You know, we I mentioned George Pickens before this last time out, and his quarterback – Mitchell Trubisky is also getting some pretty favorable reactions out of camp so far. We'll see how he does in his first preseason game. But here's another quarterback who got drafted by a bad team on a bad offense with a bad offensive coordinator. And uh, how good he's going to be, well, you know, we don't know. You know, right now he's a laughing stock. He's been considered a joke since he got drafted early on. And there's no question that that the Bears passed on better quarterbacks to draft him. And you know, it's the Bears' fault. They they choked. Um how good he could be, we'll see. I, I there's I there's I guess there's always a chance, but I don't give it much of a chance that he could perform better than, I mean, worse than Big Ben did last year. Ben Roethlisberger 
was probably the worst regular starter. Now, there might have been some backups that had to start that he was better than just because of all of his years of experience. But in terms of a regular starter, Roethlisberger was operated about as low as you could operate last year. He was terrible. Their offense was terrible. He was terrible. It was time to hang it up. No question about it. Um, and I just don't think Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky is just going to be – he he won't – I mean, there's no question he's going to be an upgrade. Now, how big of an upgrade, time will tell. But, um, you know, the reports so far out of Steeler camp are favorable. And, you know, he supposedly got, you know, going to be the number one quarterback – ahead of Kenny Pickett and ahead of Mason Rudolph. And according to the report I heard this morning, Mason Rudolph's had his best camp yet. You know, I'm no big fan of Mason Rudolph, but supposedly he's had his best camp yet, and Trubisky's still firmly number one. So he'll be that'll be one of many quarterbacks' uh, stories to kind of monitor as the season goes on. Um, we'll see. And Deshaun Watson is going to play this week. Oh, man. Talk about a massive dis- difference of opinion on whether that should be happening across the country. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and on LUS Fiber 133. The the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 if you would like to get in. Again, we're kind of previewing a football weekend. We've talked mostly NFL football-wise. Uh, scrimmages are going to be going on the first of camp all over the country, including right here in Lafayette. And we discussed some of the updates that we got from Coach Des on Wednesday um, going in. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, I wrote about it in the advocate.com that it was, you know, the the running backs is a is an area of of concern, at least for me. Other people are not as concerned, but I, I just fear that if they if they stay healthy, I think the running backs are going to be fine. If they get an injury or two at running back, I'm a little worried about the running back depth. To, to, to be honest. Now, we'll see what – I think Jacob Cabote is – he had a, an encouraging spring game. Supposedly, according to the reports, he's continued to make progress. We'll see if he can be that effective inside runner. Uh, Terrence Williams, sophomore for Manny, is another one. We'll see how he can – how if he can take that next step he had. I mean, he played a little bit last year, but not a lot. And we'll see if he can – uh, take over that, you know, inside running and be an effective option at running back. And outside of that, you know, you're, you're – I don't know if 
you're going to get an Amani Bailey out of this group. You know, I think Chris Smith has that kind of potential. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how the running back go, how the running backs go. And then obviously you have the whole quarterback scenario. And um, Coach Dez is saying the same thing. Coach Napier and coaches all over the country say that one day, one scrimmage is not going to determine it. But I, I got to believe that scrimmages are weighted more than a one day in practice. I don't know that those two would be equivalent, and so we'll see what happens in the quarterback competition between Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge. Now, we talked on Wednesday with Koki about the LSU quarterback situation. I gave my totally, you know, just an opinion of what, if I was an LSU fan, maybe what I would want. But, and, you know, the coach said, no, does it mean that? But yesterday, Jane Daniels at practice took the majority of the first team reps. And Miles Brennan took the majority of the second team reps. Now, does that automatically mean that, you know, that they've made a choice and that there's a big difference? No. And the head coach said, no, that's not the case. Don't read anything into it. And coaches say that stuff. And, you know, we'll we'll find out in time if it is. But, you know, from the beginning, we talked about uh, whether it's Cincinnati or at Notre Dame, that Coach Kelly and his staff, they kind of kind of like the running quarterback. And and that's not Miles Brennan. And Jaden Daniels is that guy. And he has the most experience at the Division One level. So, you know, if they end up starting Jaden Daniels, it will not be a – you know, it will certainly not be a shock. I mean, like, not at all. Because, you know, I think because of his experience, because he seems to have the skills that this coaching staff – seems to prefer at previous stops, you know, it, it it made a lot of sense that that he would be that quarterback. Yesterday could have been an indication. We'll just kind of tuck that information away and see how that plays out as it goes on. I, I My whole deal is you got to be able to take advantage of these wide receivers. The wide receivers are the best part of this team, explosive and really good. And, you know, whether it was – Zach Mecklenburger, the one year he threw probably a little too many picks for some people, but he still he had good receivers and they and they had a really nice offensive season. And then obviously the year with Joe Burrow was just out of this world. But other than that, you know they've had their fair share of the running quarterback guys who could run and throw a little bit. And the and the passing game wasn't always to everyone's liking. So, uh, you know, obviously Coach Kelly and Coach Denbrock know way infinitely more than me or you know about their situation and their tech and their in their personnel groupings. But um, I'm you know to me the number one priority is we gotta be able to maximize LSU's got to be able to maximize their wide their talent at wide receiver. That's where the talent is. The questions are elsewhere. And if you don't and if if your choice at quarterback reduces that, you know. We'll see how that how that plays out. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. 
I did want to bring up one more baseball thing. I know we've been mostly talking football today. But there, I mentioned yesterday and the day before, there's a lot of Astro fans out there who are very upset because the Astros traded for Trey Mancini and played a whole lot. They traded for Christian Vasquez, hadn't played a whole lot. And you're seeing all kind of comments about why'd you trade for him if you're not going to play him. And I get it. I understand, especially since... Mancini and not that many at-bats has already hit three home runs, including a grand slam for the Astros. Dusty came back from his stint of being away from the team because of testing positive for COVID. And when they interviewed him, he kind of said, now, does that mean that because he's saying it, it's true? You know, just more than most people, I realize that coaches lie to serve their own whatever reasons for it. I get that. But what Dusty said was kind of what I was thinking. When you have a ground ball pitcher like a Framber, he said, I want my gold glove scooper at first base. I got a ground ball pitcher. I want my gold glove scooper. I got a fly ball pitcher. I need an outfielder that can go get it. He's going to hit a lot of fly balls. I need an outfield. I need my fly ball outfielder, he called him. So, in other words, he's placing, I think, most fans and media members, and it's not that they're wrong in thinking that, but I think most fans and media members think offense first. If you have a chance, if you have a choice, I should say, between this guy and this guy, they're going to want the guy has a better chance of hitting the ball on paper. They're going to they're gonna choose the offensive route. And a lot of coaches do the same thing. You know, it's a matter of philosophy. I think I'm not really picking size because if I was making the lineup, I'd probably play Mancini more too in certain situations. I get frustrated with the fact that Yuli can't hit a lick anymore. The fact that he used to be, he in, in one year's time, he went from the best, one of the best in, in the most of last year, the best in Major League Baseball, getting a runner home from third in less than two outs. This year, he hardly ever does it. He's, he's, he's terrible. He's not the worst, but he ain't good. Uh, and so I, I understand the frustration. But this is a team, and basically what Dusty was saying is we the, the Astros have the best record in the American League right now, not because they have Trey Mancini on their team, but because, and not because they can hit, because they can't. They have the best record in the American League right now because they pitch and play defense. And I think what he's saying is, if I if I hurt my defense, my pitching won't be as good because the defense pitching relies on defense. You know, when you play quarterback, it doesn't matter what you have around you because it's all about the quarterback. But when you're a pitcher, it matters that that your team plays defense behind you. And so he's saying that it, we, I, I, I need to maximize my defense. I can win with mediocre offense because I, I, I've got more wins than any team in baseball. I mean, uh, in, in the American League, not in baseball, because the Pumps have more and the Mets do too. But in the, I got the best record in the league with mediocre offense. I got the best record in the league because I play defense. I pitch and play defense better than anyone. So I'm not going to hurt my strength to help my weakness. And again, 
That's not just a dusty thing. That's not just an Astro decision. That's not just a baseball decision. There are coaches at all levels in all sports. That is a mate. Like, do is should you damage your strength? It's a great coaching question, dilemma that. Should you hurt your strength to help your weakness or build upon your strength and live with your weakness? I, you know, that it's a it's a legitimate question. And I, I think it seems like so far, Dusty is leaning towards I'm going with my best defense. I'm leaning on pitching and defense. And if I don't put the best lineup offensively out there every day, I'm going to live with that because I've done that all year and it's got me to the best record in the American League on whatever day this is. August, uh, what is today? 12th, 11th, whatever it is. Interesting. Again, it goes against what a lot of us think, but it's also difficult to say, well, that's stupid. I mean, how stupid is he? He's got the best record in the league right now. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to win the World Series doing this because you got to be able to hit some. It's not their pitching why they haven't won the World Series, although last year losing, you know, they didn't have Verlander last year in the World Series, and they didn't have McCullough, so the pitching kind of did play. But they didn't score runs either. So very interesting scenario, very interesting dilemma, and we'll see how that plays out as the season goes on. Let's go ahead and take a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit to Cajun football, scheduled to talk to UL punter. Reese Burns, who was a great punter and quite a delightful conversation, and we'll do that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We have with us UL Raging Cater, Cajun first team, all Sun Belt. Uh, one of the best punters, if not the best punter the Cajuns have ever had, Mr. Reese Burns. How are you, sir? Hey, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I'm very good. How are you? Oh, doing well. Ready for a uh, you know, little football. Got a big scrimmage tomorrow. So, camp for you, I mean, has it been very – you know, you've been around here since Coach Napier's first year, so you know how things have been going. Has it been very different, or does it seem, you know, kind of the same? How would you kind of talk about it so far? Yeah, this is my fifth camp here um, since I've been, so – they're always pretty similar, you know. It's um, you're in here all day, every day, and um, it's a bit of a grind. But the team's enjoying it. The morale's high, and everyone's pumped to get going. So, for you as as a punter, I mean, you've been, you know, got to such a high level as a punter early on. Is there still things to work on? I mean, do you have to try to come up with, okay, I got to get better at this. Is it hard? Or because you have a new coach, that kind of makes it easier to work on new things? Uh, I think having a new coach is good because uh, this is my fourth special teams coach personally. 
Um, so you always sort of have to prove that you're good again and you have to um, impress them when you first go in. So it's cool going and showing them new things and I can't just fall back and be, uh, I guess, relying on what I've done in the past. i got to prove that I can keep doing it again and show them new things and that I can improve and um, keep going. So there's always stuff to work on. I've definitely got to work on my hang time, um, punt for a more traditional sense in spiral and pocket if I want to go to the next level. So those are things I'm working on this year and direction. So there's no truth to the rumor that you're running off all these special teams coaches, is it? <laughs> no, there might be a little truth, I guess. <laughs> I guess and then and there might be a little truth to it. But, uh, they've all been going to a bit better places, so maybe they got me to thank for that. There's maybe a little two-way go there. <laughs> But, well, Coach Pasco, he, he's known as a little bit more maybe of a riverboat gambler. Uh, is, um, you know, h- how is the relationship with him and, 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 and what are the kind of the little small differences that you've seen with Coach Pascal so far? Yeah, the relationship with him has been really good. Um, he's, he's at a younger age, I guess, so I relate to him really well, um, as I did with all my special teams coaches. But he's real aggressive on special teams, um, which is something I'm excited for. I think he's run something like 16 fakes in the last six years, I think. Something crazy. So I've always wanted to run one. So um, I think this is our best chance, too, and I'm really hoping we do. Now, how much passing have you done? What kind of shoulder do you have? Like, what, how much passing have you done in your career? In your life? I mean, <laughs> well, you throw many passes? No passes in my career. I never really threw a ball until I came over here. Just always kick fun. So a lot of the guys work with me. And um, I used to actually go to Levi before practice and try and work on a few things. And it's definitely gotten a little better. But we'll see. Hopefully hopefully it's a little short pass. I don't think I have the, the long distance. All right. We're speaking with UL punter Reese Burns. So, you know, I've never been to Australia. I've heard that it's kind of rough and tumble down there. And I can, you know, years ago, way before you were born, when ESPN came into existence, some of us watched a few Australian Roos football games. And obviously you probably watched them your whole life. How big are you into Australian Roos football? I love Australian Roos football. Um, my team, the Collingwood Magpies, they're sitting second right now and they finished second last last year so they've had a massive turnaround um big rebuild and i wake up in the morning um they just had a game this morning i woke up for and it's just something that i love to watch and you know my family would all watch it back home and i'd play it back home and that was just a big a big thing for us so i I still get on the phone to to my dad and my brother whenever we're playing collingwood that is whenever collingwood are playing and um i'll be talking to them during the game and after the game we always analyze it and it's something i really enjoy watching it's a very physical sport, but it's it's nonstop. It's not uh, much stopping and starting, so it's action the whole time. Now, who were you good at it? Uh, I think I was okay at it. I was I was decent at it, but never good enough to play professional. Um, just played back at my local club back home, and once I realised I couldn't play professional, that's when I that's when I started um, trying to punt. All right, so do you? I mean, you know, you sit there and you watch you, you, the Cajuns practice. Uh, are there certain guys on the team that you think, man, that guy would be really good at Australian rules football? Yeah, I think I think all of them would be crazy good at Australian rules football if they could learn how to punt. You know, if they grew up punting a ball like a guy like John Stevens or Michael Jefferson, we don't have those kind of athletes back home. So for a guy that big, that fast, 
with those kind of hands, be playing Australian foot rules football, if they could punt a ball, they'd be unbelievably good. There's, uh, there's one American that came over from Oklahoma State. He played basketball. His name's Mason Cox. He plays for Collingwood. Uh-huh. And um, he's been doing really well. He's about seven foot tall. So he just stands out compared to all the other Australians. You know, I'm, I'm considered sort of tall for an Australian. I'm only 5'11". So. <laughs> all right. So you, you said your favorite team. Did you say the Magpies? What, what was their team, the name? Yeah, Collingwood Magpies. Magpies is a native Australian bird. All right. So, so- so is that a local team, or what? what is the story behind you supporting them? It's a, it's a professional team. Um, that's, they're located in Melbourne, and that was just my dad's favorite team growing up, so sort of got passed down to all of us, and we've been diehard Collingwood fans since, since then. All right, so I love the loyalty. So tell me about it. Like, you know, you hear these stories, you know, if a soccer goalie gets up and on goal, like, you know, they, you know, his life's in danger. Like, how vicious is it with, with the fans and the players when they mess up in Australia? It's crazy. It is, it is pretty wild. Um, the fans are on, a, on another level when, when things go wrong and when things go right, you know, that they're, they're up and about and they're as pumped as they could be. But when something goes wrong, if, if Collingwood are to lose, then, they're right, and they hate it. So it is really emotional game, and uh, the fans definitely get into it. Now, a lot of people, you know, they've been telling me since I was five years old, and I recently just turned 56, so I, I'm feeling pretty old these days. But they've been telling me since I was five, when I watch the Saints and the Astros play, I'm going to have a heart attack one day. You always seem real cool, calm, and collected. So if I were to watch you watch the Magpies play, how cool, calm, and collected are you? Not cool, calm, and collected at all. Um, I'm not a very good, a very good fan. I guess I'm not very good at watching. The same as when I'm, when I'm watching the Lions, the Detroit Lions. That's my NFL team. Um, Collingwood Magpies. I just when I'm watching a game, I'm not cool and calm and collected at all. But when I'm playing in it, I'm a lot more relaxed. So I'm definitely not a good observer. That's for sure. So you get it when fans get angry when the Cajuns mess up. You, you, you're okay with that. You, you don't, you, you're not real overly sensitive to, to angry fans when things don't go well. Yeah, no, I, I understand it completely when you're watching the game. Um, when, when I was younger, I actually had to watch Collingwood play in a different room. My, uh, my dad would send me to a different TV to go watch it, and my brother and my dad would watch it together, and I'd watch it on my own because I'd be throwing pillows or cushions and doing all sorts of stuff. I wasn't a very good I love it. I, I love it. So now I heard you say Detroit Lions. You got to explain that one. Yeah. So uh, that was the first team I ever watched. Um, 3 a.m. Monday morning. That's when the NFL games are on. And Calvin Johnson. I remember watching him and going, "Wow, this guy's crazy." Megatron. And um, ever since seeing him, I really liked Stafford too. I thought he had a crazy, powerful arm. And once I watched those guys connect, I was like, "This is my team." And haven't seen much joy with them yet, but I think that'll make the success even better when it comes. Oh, absolutely. Lo- lo- love the attitude. Again, we're speaking with UL um, punter Reese Burns. So tell me about this team. One of the things I like about this Cajun team, I- I- a lot of times when you when you have a goal and, and y'all goal was to beat Appalachian State and to win the Sun and to get to be Kings of the Mountains in the Sunbelt Conference, and you are now Kings of the Mountain, and yet I still think this team has a little bit to prove because Coach Napier and, and brought coaches and they moved on and some players transferred and move on. And some people are doubting y'all, even though you're the re- reigning Sunbelt Conference champion. So 
Um, you know, do you kind of feel like y'all still have a little bit of an edge there? Yeah, for sure. I think it's always good um, to have a little bit of that edge or a little bit of that chip on our shoulder um, with people doubting us and just prove them wrong. I think it's you can get lulled to sleep a little bit if everyone keeps telling you how good you are. So I like it having a little twist and people telling us that we're not going to do it because it gives us the drive to, to go out and prove people wrong. Um, I feel like personally for me, that's been something I've always liked to do. And for this team, I can see that it inspires them as well. So everyone's ready to go and, and prove the people wrong who are doubting us. Now, everyone I've talked to, every player that I've asked this question has said, man, I am sure glad I'm not Coach Dez or Coach Leger and i got to decide who's going to win this quarterback battle. What goes through your mind as you've witnessed in practice every day this quarterback battle? Yeah, for me, I can't really analyze how they throw or how they go through reads and that kind of thing, you know, just because of my – steps of playing American football I've never really been in those positions but um, those guys are both extremely hard workers I see them in the building as much as anyone so I trust both of them whoever starts and they've both got a lot of friends on the team big relationships they're all really well liked so um, either of them will do great I think and it's good it's a good uh, a good thing to have when you've got two guys that are doing a great job and you've got to decide between them instead of the latter so we're really looking forward to who gets the job, and we'll be behind them 100%. All right, one more question. I want to give you kudos for choosing a Southern team so when you came to America to punt instead of freezing to death. And do you still have nightmares of that awful game a couple years ago up at Boone on a Friday night when the it was freezing cold and raining? Try to describe how miserable you had to be during that game. <laughs> I think I had about... 20 hot chocolates that game. I was just sitting on the sideline trying to keep warm, and it was freezing up there. It was really cold, but luckily I got a bit of uh, a bit of running in that kept me warm. So <laughs> there's always a positive to it. But it has to feel good to have you've been there when when it looked like the Cages would never beat App, and to now have beaten them three times in a row had to be a, so fulfilling. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, my roommate Max Mitchell, who's now at the Jets, we'd always talk about you know App would always get the better of us. We lost four times. In, two year, in our first two years to him, and all we wanted to do was beat up. You know, we, we didn't hate that. We respected that, but we just really had a deep, like, you just wanted to beat him. So to finally beat him and then carry it on and beat him three times in a row was something that we were really proud of. And um, that championship game at home, that's, that's my favourite memory from my sporting career, without a doubt. To do it in front of Cajun Nation and all those people that showed out and flooding the field, it was just... It was everything we've been working towards for four years, so we were so happy in that moment. And still, when I look back at that moment, I smile. It was awesome. So thank you to everyone who came out, too. Well, that'll do it. I appreciate uh, your time very much. We look forward to, you know, like we've joked over the years, your parents, some, we, we, we kind of hope you never get to play, but when you do play, you always do a great job. So hopefully the offense is successful and you have fewer punts than even last year. But uh, we, we always appreciate your time and, and uh, your great um, willingness to communicate with us. I appreciate it very much and good luck to you this year. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to speak to me. Have a all, great day. All right. You too. He is he is great. He's been great. You know, we don't often talk to the punter, but we probably interview the punter because he's so fun to talk to more than a lot of, um, you know, college beat writers and medium um, teams over the over the years. Love, love talking to Reese Burns. He's a lot of fun. And, and you got to love his loyalty. The cat's a Detroit Lion fan.
you got to love that. All right. Appreciate his time um, coming on with us. We'll take a time out and come back. Talk to you more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Want to remind you, August the 27th, a Saturday, Astros will be playing the Baltimore Orioles. And if you would like to win four tickets, a tour Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that game uh, that evening, you need to join the game clubhouse. And if you do, you could win Astro Getaway for Astros Orioles again on August the 27th. Astro Weekend Getaways brought to you by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown. And the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, let's go to the game hotline. And is this our old friend, Dwight? Hello. What's going on, Brother Cal? How you doing, sir? Man, Trey Lance era starts tonight, so we're going to see what we're we what he working with. I mean, see how he looking preseason. He playing tonight, so... But I he's, mean, you know, they're not. You think because he's so young, they're going to play him like for the first half, or you think he's going to get like one or two series and be done with it? Um, Cardinal Shanahan, he said he's going to play a half with the starters. That's what he said. You know, they lie a lot, like you see. And then next game, he's not playing at all. Then he's going to play a quarter with the starters again against the Texans. That's you know, what he said in his press conference. You know, that's interesting because I, we were talking about that a few weeks ago. Like, in the old four-game format, usually you played a lot in game three, and then you didn't hardly play the starters at all in game four. So I, I'm wondering if each coach is going to be doing things a lot differently with the, with only three preseason games now. But I think with him, Kevin, I mean, you know, it's all, he's young, so he got to get his time and right. He got a lot. I mean, and, and I still say he could just be learning on the job. I mean, he ain't gonna, I mean – I mean, tonight, Green Bay might not play no starters. So, I mean, he may look good. And then when the season starts, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know. But I feel that I don't think Shanahan going to play him like Jim. I think they're going to try to run the ball 40, 50 times and throw when need be. That's all you can do. I no. mean, you can't just throw him out there, let him throw four or five picks. Because he he's been throwing some bad picks in practice. I, I've seen it. But, I mean, it is what it is. But. He young, like you said. You don't want to me. I didn't think. I thought he was gonna bring Jimmy back, but you say there ain't no way that could happen when you give up three first round picks. So yeah, I, you're I right about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I didn't know? think they were gonna do that. So, so let so let me ask you this: I haven't really followed it. Certainly nothing like you. So, how y'all have had a lot of issues with running back health? What is the health of your running backs right now? Um, everybody healthy. I mean, from they all practicing. We don't, you know, everybody. The only problem we having right now that that's out cornerbacks our two starting cornerbacks is out right now but they will be back for games for the first um first game of the year they, they got a hamstring and something else but as the two starters out but you know 
they don't play much anyway, Kevin. You know, certain people, don't they don't play a lot. Right. Now, supposedly, now that doesn't mean it's true because it was reported, but supposedly part of Debo Samuel's uh, beef with uh, Shanahan is that he didn't want to be this running back guy. So do you think as part of, of, of signing an extension, they've worked that out, or do you think he's still going to be playing running back? He gonna still play everything because he they got it in his contract, like certain touches from the backfield, certain certain things like he can get up to almost twenty six million dollars a year because it's really twenty four, but he can get that if depends on how much he run the ball and how much he 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 do because he said that he just wanted to be taken care of, which you know we was running Debo like you know how last year how it was right. I mean, he, he was doing so much, so if you go beat my body up, but then you got to pay me, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I, I kind of respect him. I'm glad we we, we we got him back, and you know. So, but I think now we got a better running back committee now. So I don't think we're gonna see him as much. You know, we're gonna see him when we need him. But I just think he was carrying the ball like seven to ten times. But we had a lot of injuries last year, if you remember. We had some injuries on running backs. So now we got the uh, the guy from LSU. Uh, what's his name, Kevin? That we draft. Um, the guy that we drafted from LSU. He he's a big back too. He's like six one, like two thirty. So that's gonna help too, because Debo is bigger than the running backs we had. So that's why they was using him like that. Right. Well, it's going. You know, again, uh, you probably know when it is. I know the Saints play your little team later in the season it's I, I i it would not surprise me at all if you're in the super bowl unless trey lance just just not, just does not develop and you know you know me I, i'm not a qw but i i, I think that i think your team is going to be a prime example of um you know you don't have to have an elite quarterback to win a lot of games and i i, I fully i i'm really considering picking you to win the division yeah, but Kevin, I've been hearing they've been picking the Saints to win the division, man. I don't know if you noticed that on paper, y'all. Who is picking that? Y'all, on I'm just saying. I hear I hear a lot of people saying that they wouldn't be shocked with the Forty Nines and the Saints in the championship game. And I oh. said when I heard that, I said that gonna be good for Kevin that week. Oh, I can't take. We it. both we both gonna be nervous. Oh, I can't take that. But hey, I take it in being home, Kevin. So. <laughs> <laughs> I take you how I can take you. Uh, I, I understand. Well, it's great hearing from you again. Thank you, sir. All right, Kevin. All right. See, he knows I don't say good luck to your team because he knows I won't mean it because I, I hate his little team. But I enjoy talking football with Dwight. So, you know, we can be civil. We don't have to agree on our favorite teams. We can be civil. We have been for years talking on the phone. Um, But, um, no, I, I just – Again, it's, you know, I hate, I call them the cheaters because of how many times the Saints got cheated by them in the in the, in the the 80s and 90s. But the truth of the matter, and I've admitted this before, I love the way they play football right now. I mean, their brand of football right now is good. I mean, they're not, they're not cheating right now. They're not, Green Bay is the cheating team right now. Um, but, um. That I think they're going to be tougher to beat. I mean, people just don't. I mean, we, we, we again, we're such prisoners of the moment, and we're so result-oriented. All you got to do is is one routine play, 
not even a fluke play. One routine play needs to be made, and and I think they win the game. I mean, I think they'd have been in the Super Bowl. I mean, they were that close from the Super Bowl last year, and so um, I I don't think it's much of a stretch. Now, will they be able to be the win more games in the Rams over seventeen weeks? We'll see. We'll see. You know, I. I agree with Reese. I've always admired Matthew Stafford, and so I don't have anything against Matthew Stafford. I, I, um, I, I think he's been underrated for years, and once again, he's another example. Um, you know, he, he. I think he was a good quarterback, and it's not like he never had talent. I mean, like to Reese's point, he had Calvin Johnson. He had a Hall of Fame receiver at one point, but overall, they. Well, one, they poor those poor people get cheated all the time by the Packers. I mean, it's just it's just not it, it's 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 embarrassing how that the NFL's allowed the Packers to cheat the Lions as much as they have over the years. But, um, and the you know, I mean, it's the NFL that that's doing it. But it's um, but it but they, but Stafford was good. He just didn't have a complete team around him. You put closer to a complete team around him, and he won the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean Stafford wasn't good when he was with the Lions. Just me, it's about the team. So, no, I, it's uh, obviously Elijah Mitchell's a big part of that quote-unquote healthy running back core uh, for the Cheaters going into their first preseason game, so we'll see how it goes. No, Trey Lance is going to be – I mean, the thing about Trey Lance that's so fascinating, and I'm not – you know, the guru is in love with Trey Lance. I, I, I've never been quite as sold on Trey Lance as the guru. But the, but the thing about Trey Lance is he hasn't hardly played. I mean, we're talking about Deshaun Watson having not hardly played. Trey Lance ain't hardly played. At least Deshaun Watson's already established himself in the, in the NFL and, and played great for multiple years in the NFL. Trey Lance has never done it. I mean, he didn't hardly, he hadn't hardly played the last three seasons. I mean, he played a little bit, but he hadn't played very much the last three seasons. And so, um, you know, not that different than Deshaun Watson, if especially if he gets suspended for this whole year. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, I don't know if you've heard the news on him. Deshaun Watson's team has kind of, you know, reportedly kind of made a, I don't know what you call it, a, Olive Branch or a counter offer or whatever, saying that. How about you find me five million in eight games, as opposed to getting suspended for the whole season? Kind of a negotiation thing. Um, I, he there was I did hear a lot of people make comments that you know he hadn't lost a dime. So five million might be a little better. Might be a little better. Um, but eight games, I don't think people will be too happy with. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. <laughs> so what was uh? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> you saw Belcher. I needed that though because I, I was waiting to hear that. But uh, who's the cheating team right now? Oh, the Packers. Boy, those people. 
got each of the same one more time. What they be doing to Detroit all these years? Oh, they've been cheating those poor people. It's, it, it's, it's sad. I mean, I guess it makes me feel a little better with all the cheating the Saints have endured. You know, there's all you could always be the Lions. Oh man, oh, I can't even yeah. imagine <laughs> how bad them Lions. Just now. Somebody text me saying. Oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine an old school, like a lion, lifelong lion fan like I am a Saints oh, fan, how yeah. much they hate Ooh, the Packers? They got, yeah, they're miserable, oh. man. They're miserable. And the thing oh. you said about Stafford, man, you know, like I, you know how I've been feeling about him for years, and I've been telling you, so, uh, like an underrated quarterback, just praying in the dumpster fire, man. You hear a lot of these idiots say, he had this and he had that, he had this. I'm like, he had what? What are you talking about? I guess, you see, I guess because you have a Hall of Fame receiver, that makes like, you know, like six, seven great players, I assume. Uh, that's where a lot of people break it down. You know, the first thing you hear him say, here's Calvin Johnson, and after the conversation stops, okay, keep on going. So I guess Calvin Johnson makes six or Again, seven guys. Cal- Calvin Johnson. Tight end, offensive line, everything. Calvin you know? Johnson doesn't play defense. He doesn't punt. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't and kick. I'm like, These people are so he doesn't crazy. coach. And he doesn't officiate. He had this and had that. Yeah, had what? it's just people don't understand. Yeah, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, Sue and Fairley, and that was it. Those three guys didn't make everything great. He never had a great coach. Offensive line was terrible. Everything was really terrible stuff for three guys. Really, and I'm like, man, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. And that's why I'm just so glad he left that place. He broke through finally and just shut some of these people up. But you're right, man. Some of these teams that just they've been. You've been, been getting cheated forever, Kevin. It's been going on with Cleveland, too, and everything it's for sad. all these years and stuff, with Pittsburgh and everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's the grandma team. You know how it goes. Yep. You know, and not much has changed. A few things has changed. Like, the Patriots ain't been winning and stuff, which is good. That's great for the NFL, great for America. They haven't been winning and stuff. That's really good. So, hopefully, they keep losing and stuff and everything because poor Belichick, boy, you can see on his face right now, he's desperate, desperate, desperate. And the cheating team right now, it's no longer them. So he know you don't have anything to fall on. The NFL ain't helping this button no more than that red carpet ride they've been on for the last 20-some years. So all oh, that's gone. Now that can shift it to Tampa a little bit, but you said it's Green Bay. So I go ahead and rob at Green Bay because the NFL been cheating for them a long time too. That's America. Well, they've been cheating for the, they've been cheating you know? for the Packers longer. But, yeah, they, they yeah. You know, there's no question the Yucks have gotten their fair share. Oh, yeah, share. but they've been cheating for them. I mean, they've been cheating for the Packers longer. But the proof is not really too much in the pudding like it was up, up there in Cheetahville in New England. The proof is not much in the pudding, Kevin. You only got a few little titles. But you had two Hall of Fame historically great quarterbacks. They only got two to show for it. I don't know how much they've been cheating from. Looks like they should have had about six maybe in, in that little span. But I don't know. With only two to show, one go, each. Go, I mean, go, ask, the Lions, go ask the Lions fans how much they've been cheating and the Bears fans. Yeah, but. oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. The Bears, yeah, the Bears, too. Oh, the poor Bears. Especially uh, them. Ooh, oh, Lord. Okay, Kevin. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. This cat. I can't even imagine. Uh, his car probably could just drive to Rockefeller without even him driving, use, doing, using the steering wheel. That cat goes to Rockefeller so much. But, boy, does he know how to catch fish. The man knows how to do that for sure. All righty, that'll do it. We'll come back, finish out today's program in this week on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. 
Well, tomorrow, for the first time since, what, last early October, ALDS round, pitched against the White Sox, left the game, and did not return. Has not pitched for the Astros since. Lance McCullers scheduled to pitch tomorrow. This could be humongous. I mean, we, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, how long, what are we starting to sniff mid-August? When we get back on um, Monday, it'll be mid-August. And so you got about six weeks before the end of the regular season, about 50 games. Um, can he return close to the frontline game one starter? Now, he won't be the frontline game one starter when the Astros play their first playoff series this year. That'll be Verlander, and the number two will be uh, Framber Valdez. But if he pitches really well, would it shock? And I don't know if he will. You know, endurance-wise, who knows what he's going to do. But but if he pitches well, could he be the number become the number three starter in the postseason? It's possible. So again, huge. You know, we're talking about all these trades that were made at the deadline prior to the August 2nd deadline and acquisitions. I mean, if Lance McCullers in the next six weeks can become the Lance McCullers again that he was last season prior to his injury in the playoffs, then that's like picking up, you know, Luis Castillo. I mean, a frontline kind of starter. And you don't even have to give up anybody for it. But, again, that could be a bit ambitious. Um, it's possible that he'll just be a really good bullpen arm come postseason time. We'll see. But, anyway, it's a very significant start. Lance McCullers for the Astros tomorrow against the A's, so we'll see how that plays out. And then, if, man, what a big day you got. Saints to, on TV tomorrow. You got McCullers making his season debut, and Cajuns and LSU. All these teams that you people have interest in uh, having a big their big first scrimmage of August camp. Lots going on on a football and baseball weekend. All right, appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate very much Reese coming on. Y'all have a nice weekend.